I was at the priest convocation uh, this week, and there's a gathering of all the priests of the diocese with the bishop, and one of my favorite parts of the convocation is we always have a mass for the jubilarians, the priests who are celebrating anniversaries of their ordination to the priesthood. And then after the mass, then we have a uh, dinner and then a toast. Uh, so we were toasting the guys that were 40 years ordained and 50 years ordained, and some one guy was 60 years. He couldn't make it, but it was just good to be able to honor them and to celebrate the witness of their faith. The uh, sacrament of ordination has been around a long time, but you know what? It's got nothing on marriage. Marriage has been there since the beginning, hasn't it? When you look to that first reading from Genesis, and when God has created the first Adam, that's earth creature, first human being, but there's something not quite complete about that earth creature. And so God says, I'm going to create a suitable partner. And out of the rib of the man, right out of this substance, he creates the woman. And then we hear, this one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two of them become one flesh. And so that's, it's a very beautiful, that sense of marriage being there from the beginning. Now, this is, if you look this up, it's in chapter 2 of Genesis The next verse, chapter 25, after our first reading, this is what it says. The man and his wife were both naked, yet they felt no shame. Now, boy, you might think that Garden of Eden, it must be pretty pleasant temperature that they can run around naked. What's going on? I think there's uh, more to that. Why, Why was that written? In the unity that this man and woman shared, they could stand before each other uncovered. This points to the intimacy and trust they had together. They had nothing to hide from one another. Is that where it ends? Nope. Go on to chapter 3, and there's this serpent and this fruit tree, and, well, then we hear about the fall. The couple disobeys God and eats the forbidden fruit. They begin to blame each other. They cover themselves in their shame. We have been living with broken relationships ever since then. And that's what we know. Um, It's hard to stick it out, to be together. I know I go on a vacation with somebody for two weeks, and sometimes that's difficult. So uh, a whole life, there's challenges there. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ has come into the world to reconcile us to God and to one another. By coming to restore the original order of creation disturbed by sin, Jesus himself gives the strength and grace to live marriage in the new dimension of the reign of God. One of the, uh, everybody who gets married, they tend to have pictures, but in my mind, the most beautiful wedding photos are the ones of the couple standing in front of the altar because it's there that they exchange their vows to each other, their vows of commitment, of loving each other for better, for worse, in sickness and health all the days of their life. And the altar represents for us Jesus. 
Jesus, out of love for us, becoming one of us. Jesus, out of love for us, giving his life for us. Uh, sacrificing of himself, out of love. That's what the altar represents. So it's a perfect place to say your vows of commitment to each other. And the altar, too, is where we believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, the bread and wine become the body and blood of Jesus. Jesus feeds us with himself in the Eucharist to nourish us. That's what allows married couples to live out their vows from the gift of the Eucharist. Uh, so I just want to point that out. This is a, a, a very important place right here. The other thing I want to comment on is uh, this passage that we heard in Gospel of Mark today about marriage, where Jesus speaks about marriage. Do you remember what we've been hearing from Mark the last few weeks? We've been hearing from Mark about Jesus speaking about what kind of Messiah he's going to be, one that's going to suffer and die. And then the disciples, they don't quite get it, so he has to sit them down and explain to them, anyone who wants to follow me must pick up their cross and follow me. Uh, he speaks about anybody who wants to be great needs to be the servant of all. I don't think it's any accident that this passage about marriage is right in the midst of three discussions that Jesus has about the cross. Uh, it is in the daily challenges of family relationships and the struggle to live out God's design for human love, especially in lifelong fidelity to another fallen and imperfect person, that taking up the cross has its most concrete application. It's in the cross that we can love and sacrifice, even when it's hard, even when our spouse might be being a jerk. Let's see. Ah, what comes next? I'm missing point eight. I didn't miss it last Mass. It's just disappeared from the page. Well, we'll move on to nine. And that's marriage preparation. We've been doing marriage preparation for a long time. Um, who said they've been married 30? 36 years. Did you do marriage prep 36 years ago? It looks like it took. All right? Good. Well, we've been doing marriage prep for a long time, but uh, we just recently, our diocese started a new program, and we've been using something called Witness to Love. And in it, what happens is an engaged couple, what they do is they choose a mentor couple, somebody that can kind of help journey with them as they prepare for marriage. And then they go through a workbook, and there's some videos they watch. And then part towards the end of it, they then have dinner together, and they invite the priest who's going to marry them to this dinner. So the last couple of months, I've had a couple of free meals. <laughs> and I've really enjoyed it. It's been a great opportunity to meet with an engaged couple and with their uh, mentor couple and to hear about what they've been learning. And, and in this Witness to Love program, part of it, they've been talking about virtues. Virtues are good for every Christian, but especially in marriage. And so they talk about how they're living out the virtue of patience or of forgiveness or of mercy. And it's really beautiful to witness this. 
So that's something that's going on in our parish and parishes all over as we help couples prepare for marriage. You know, this gospel and this first reading, we can see if we're married how it applies to us. What about for those of us who are not married? What about for people who are single or divorced or widowed? Does it have anything to say to us? Well, I think so. This talk about you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, that's the image for men and women, and that applies not only when men and women are married, but when men or women are together, and together in community. One of the beautiful images that St. Paul uses for the faith community is he speaks, we are the body of Christ. Jesus is our head, but we are all members. We all have our part to play in the body of Christ. And so that, that uh, reading from Genesis about flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones, it's really kind of a little hint of what comes with gathering together as a faith community. Okay, now, I mentioned that this is the day we want to honor kindergarten students at this 11 o'clock Mass. Next week it's going to be a, a first grade students, but if you are in kindergarten, I'm going to invite you forward. I got a one-minute homily I want to give with you, okay? So anybody who is in kindergarten, if you can come forward, Now, boys and girls, I want you to look around. Is there anything you see that you don't usually see right here? Yes. Yes, you're very good. Who is this? Mary. Mary, you're right. Mary, the mother of God. Who's this next to her? Joseph. Joseph, her husband. See how he's got a saw? And this is a, a measuring thing. He was a carpenter, Joseph the worker. Yes. They're here together. Who's this? Jesus. That's right. Jesus is the son of Mary. Huh? And Joseph is his foster father. Jesus' father is God, isn't he? Yep. Now here's the thing about Jesus. He's a baby right here, isn't he? He's even younger than you. Yep. You're six. Well... Jesus, he was six too, and then he ended up being 33 years old, and he was going around and preaching. But you know what? Jesus never forgot what it's like to be a kid. He never forgot what it's like to be six years old. And one time, there was a whole gathering of people listening to Jesus, and some six-year-olds wanted to come up and see Jesus. And the disciples they had forgotten what it's like to be six years ago, so they told the families, no, don't, Jesus is too important. Don't bother Jesus with six-year-olds. You know what Jesus said? I want the six-year-olds to come to me, and all the kids, the kindergartners and the first graders and all the kids. Yes, Jesus said that, all right? That's what we heard in the gospel today. And he said, really, if you want to go into God's kingdom, remember what it's like to be a kid. Remember what it's like? Do you guys kind of depend on your parents a little bit? Yeah. Did they drive you to church? You didn't drive, did you? Yeah, I did. You did? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
All right, well, hopefully your parents drove you. You kind of depend on your parents, and so you're pretty grateful to your parents, aren't you? That's what we remember about God the Father. We depend, even though some of us think we, don't, we, don't, we depend on ourselves, we depend on God for everything. All right, now, Mary and Joseph are up here because we are starting what's called the Rosary Congress with this Mass, and this is going to be a special time where people are going to come and pray, and they're going to pray a rosary, which is a prayer of Mary has that we have especially in the month of October. And right after Mass is done today, we're going to have Eucharistic adoration, where Jesus is present in the Eucharist, and I'm going to put him on the altar. Now, some of you go to St. Michael's School, right? Do you remember on Friday at 1 o'clock you came to Mass? Yep. And after Mass, we had Eucharistic adoration. We put the Eucharist up here, didn't we? And I invited you to stay and pray. And remember I had the smoke? We're going to have some smoke today too, okay? Yeah. And after a few minutes of prayer, you went back to your classes. You know what's going to happen today when I put the Eucharist out and people come and pray? They're not going back to class it's going to go on for not for five minutes, but for 24 hours. Did you know that? 24 hours, that's a long time, isn't it? Till tomorrow at noon, there's going to be people coming through that door right over there. How long are they going to be coming here, Rose? Is there going to be somebody here at 3 in the morning? Is there somebody to be here at 5 in the morning? And at midnight? Yes, there's going to be people here all that time praying to Jesus in the Eucharist. Okay? So that's something pretty special, isn't it? Now, one more thing. What's Jesus' birthday? You know when Jesus' birthday? It's on the 25th of December. Christmas. Yes, Christmas. And at Christmas, does your family, has anybody put up a Christmas tree? Yes? What do you put on the Christmas tree? Decorations. Yes, like ornaments. Yes. Well, listen, boys and girls, because you are the first group as we are starting to invite groups to come, our kindergarten, first grader, second grader, third grader, to come to our 11 o'clock Mass. Because you're the first group, I'm going to give you a gift today that I'm not giving to anybody else, or at least not this week. I plan on giving them to everybody else, I think, hopefully next week. Would you like to get it now? What it is, it's an ornament... It's something you can put on your Christmas tree. You take it home to your family, and it says on it, this is what we celebrated last week. We celebrated 120 years of St. Michael Parish. So this is, a, this is an ornament you can put on your tree, and you can remember that, and then put it on your tree for at least the next five years, and then I hope we can have a big celebration to celebrate 125 years as St. Michael Parish. Okay? So, you go ahead and you take one of these back to your seats now and give it to your family. Thank you for coming forward. <laughs>